Hey, yo, what's good, man? It's your host, Cleve. Welcome to the Third Coast Podcast with my man. Joe, what it do, Gators? What it do, man? It's your host, Cleve. back everybody to the third coast podcast it's your host cleve got my man gator over there what it do man what's happening man so how you been it's been a little minute since we been on the mic and such yeah um i've been good uh, a lot of things going in positive direction uh it's been a while since we sat down and talked since uh i mean we had you know a little break but it's nice to be back on the mic uh, how was your Father's Day weekend? Uh, Father's Day, yeah, Father's Day weekend was pretty good for me. Uh, I had been planning since Mother's Day to do a barbecue for my family. Uh, got up early that morning, maybe like around seven thirty, eight o'clock. Started cooking everything, and um, yeah, I ran into some complications like at the beginning of cooking, but I was able to like go back later and fix. I just spent a little bit longer barbecuing than I should have, like instead of the typical four hours I ended up cooking for six, which isn't bad. I just had to add some coals to the to the pit to finish the rest of what I had. With this uh, wonderful weather we're having, you started early, I'm assuming, huh? Oh, yeah, I started, yeah, like I lit the pit at 8, 8.30, started cooking everything like around 9. And, um, yeah, it's like I said, like I had cooked the appetizers first. I had some chicken. Had some sausages, weenies. I ended up cooking some grilled shrimp. You know, oh, yeah. um, you know, I had those on the warm side, like with a, a fresh onion. Yeah. Like with some butter on it Ooh. and pepper. Yeah, I had, had it hooked up. And uh, pretty much like after everything was done, like my mom had cooked some sides, like scalloped potatoes, like the peeled potatoes. You bake them. Oh, yeah. With the chive, like butter and chives and uh, some baked beans. Turned out pretty good, though. Sounds like it. Yeah, good Father's Day day. Everybody had they play. I took some home and had some left for the next day. But uh, how about you, Joe? Uh, how was your Father's Day weekend? Uh, it was it was good. Um, was all for work, which is always a plus. Um, did the usual, you know. I got four kids. Father's Day is just another day for me. So <clears throat> cooked and whatever. But Alyssa had drew me like a handmade card. And when I opened it up, it was like, I love you the most because of your, uh, you make the best food <laughs> while I'm cooking for her on Father's Day. But that's, I guess that's the greatest thing about it. Right. Yeah, that's, that's most definitely, um, you know, it's a joy to be with the kids. My daughter, you know, came that day as well. Like her mom dropped off around 11. Uh, she and I had talked for a little bit. She was telling me about a situation she had going on like with a boyfriend and stuff and you know it's just wishing the best for the situation you know because it's all about you know kind of expressing a lot of positivity towards people whenever it comes to interactions because you never know what the last interaction you may have with the person may be so it's always best to like give that impression you know just you know this is for the people who can't talk to their baby mamas or their baby dads because they have differences. 
you know, some people can't work past those. And, you know, I'm glad at least with mine, like we have like a mutual understanding and we can raise our yeah. child. And she was talking, telling me about how she's planning to get married and things like that. So just uh, waiting to see what happens, you know, waiting to see what the future holds. And all I wish for people's future is, a, you know, a bright one. You know, at least to make the best of it, even while it's um, tough times out here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if I should say it the most. There's definitely a lot of tough times going on, especially if you uh, need to take a, a luxury trip, you know, to the, what's the Atlantic Ocean, am I assuming? However, the yeah, fuck go, 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 <laughs> go twelve thousand fucking foot in the ground in the tube. I mean, in the ocean in the tube. Oh shit! Oh, yeah. you're talking about that? Um, yeah, that I I watched this story about this sub and the um that's co-founder what, and the that shit's wild. Like, yeah, billionaire. Sketchy as hell. Yeah, it's already sketchy because you're going out so far in the ocean. Then they pay like a quarter million, so their quarter million is coverage for like news stories and every any and every possible case scenario. If that happened, it's like what one point two five million for five people. Yeah, it's like four people is a million plus the fifth one. So yeah, it's like two hundred fifty thousand a person. They went out there. To, apparently, the ship imploded. Yeah, it blew up on itself from the uh, pressure. Yeah, the pressure. They lost oxygen, so the pressure yeah, it caused it to... No, it went in, then it went out. Oh, it went... Oh, so it crushed like a soda can, yeah, then it crushed blew like up. A, yeah, it crushed like a soda can, then it blew up from well, the pressure. At least it was fast, I guess. Hey, that's what you wish for. You know, a lot of people wish for death in their sleep and shit. You wish for, you know, because you don't want to be consciously aware of you dying. Right. Yeah, it seems like when, you know, groups of people go out to a certain part of the water, it's always some type of, I don't know, it's just a fishy spot. Because, I mean, this is the place where the Titanic sunk, right? So Yeah, let's let's go check out some shit that, you hear the frogs, uh, that sunk, you know. And they only send drones down there. People don't go down there and explore that shit. Mm-mm. But I, I think a lot of that is because of space exploration is being privatized so i think like lower depth exploration of the ocean is going to be privatized too it already is to some degree because they've only claimed to have like well in that area they've only mapped out 20 percent of the water yeah but government really doesn't spend much of its time mapping out the ocean floor because there's things in the ocean it can't possibly defend from because of the I guess, like, the weight dynamic of, like, high depth, high pressure, you know, low depth, low pressure, and how fast you can move within the different pressure zones. And it's, like, in comparison to space, which is, like, kind of like a vacuum, you know, gravity only affects by the other bodies, like planets and whatnot. Like, your your only gravitational pull, but when you're away from a solar body, you're floatless. Like, you're weightless, basically. In the same sense, like, you are deemable weightless in a ocean environment but to some degree you still deal with the other elements of gravity yeah and pressures that are of the earth so <clears throat> it just um space ex- space ocean exploration is always um 
I've always had curiosities, but I'm not brave enough to go down there in that water like that. Not without, you know, not with today's equipment, at least. Hell no. I, that's one thing that is a big no-no for me. Like, ship cruise, like, I might, like, Charlene did talk me into doing a honeymoon cruise to the Antarctic. And, you know, like, that's a possibility. But other than that, I do not, like, I applaud Kobai. Because I could never do that. Just being stuck out on the water for hour every day, for days, weeks, month, weeks, months. months. <laughs> Just water. I, I I don't know. That's wild. Man, I'm tripping. Because you can't. Sorry, guys. It's fucking hottest balls and shit. <laughs> hey, that El. What's that El Nino? Yeah, that's that El Nino brewing up, man. Just waiting on some more of that rain to come through, man. That was a yeah, that was a blessing scent. You know, everything had cooled off for a little bit. But now it's back to the heat. Yeah, now it's back to the sweltering. Well, it wouldn't be so bad if we didn't have to close the windows, block off, you know, the other window where the fan is, have the because when the fan's going, don't feel bad in here, but Nah, but if it affects the quality of what the listeners take into their ears and So we're sw- we're sweating. Cleve is struggling it's, over there. Yeah, struggling for you guys out there. <laughs> so hopefully y'all enjoying every bit of it and not, you know, calling names or pointing fingers or none of that jazz, but but yeah, um Man, so like what's um do we have a topic for today? Or? Oh yeah, we got uh, a few things. Uh, yeah, because I feel that um, yeah, since we've been gone for a little bit, it's been oh, a lot of different things to cover, like with that, you know, with that submarine imploding, and you know, there's things going on locally, you know, here in our backyard and locally, Louisiana wise. Speaking of what's going on locally, uh, the lineup for uh, Fed the Void did drop and if y'all ain't bought tickets yet make sure y'all buy tickets at www.fetdevoid.com f-e-t-e-d-u-v-o-i-d.com and go buy tickets uh, come get some free merch from us we have shirts for sale and make sure that y'all come down to our little slice of heaven called oakdale louisiana and check out all these great artists that are coming from all around the country just to be a part of it. And I actually have the list of some of the artists that are going to be there this year for Fet Devoy 2023. Uh, Lost Bayou Ramblers, uh, IFE, uh, Sex, uh, I'm going to mess it up, Sex Brews, Mike Dillon's going to be there, Solid Gold, Electron Prime, Diamond Jade, and the Ruby Red, uh, Red, Raindrops, pretty nasty. Whisper party, crushed diamond, hive mine, void, three four twenty. Ashley, Fiddleson, Fiddleson. Looks like Kazayu, Sis Funk, Holly Rock, the Love Muscles, and more to be announced. That's crazy. Yeah, that is pretty, you know, that's, that is pretty insane, though. That's a, uh, that's a heavy uh, hitter list there, and uh, there's going to be a whole bunch of great things going on at Fet the Void this year, and it's a big part of, like, our family and a lot of the guests and people that are a part of the Dirt Coast podcast, and we're all intertwined, and 
with each other. So y'all need to make sure that y'all buy tickets and check out all these amazing artists in the big old town of Oakdale. So to Louisiana news, Cleve. Okay. Uh, the gov the governor of Louisiana has signed a bill into law that will streamline expungements for people with first time marijuana possession convictions. This legislation makes it so people who are who are convicted of possessing up to fourteen grams of cannabis as a first offense can petition the court to wipe their record within ninety days from the time of the conviction. That would significantly speed up the time for relief as current law mandates that people must wait at least five years before petitioning for expungement of certain records. Seven in ten Louisianians support legalization of recreational marijuana possession for adults and nine back, uh, nine out of ten back medical, uh, medical cannabis legalization. Uh, Edward signed a slew of marijuana laws, blah, 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 blah. So basically what you got out there is if you have any past charges, now you can petition the court. And if it's anything, a possession of 14 grams or under, your record's going to be wiped clean. And then... That going forward, being said, if you get caught with 14 grams of bud, it's a slap on the yeah, wrist. It's a now. slap on the wrist. Supposedly a slap on it's the wrist. Supposedly. You know, you you never know what type of cop you run across. And that's the thing we can actually talk about is how law enforcement is. So this is a law that's passed. I'm guaranteeing if I go through certain places or, you know, we go certain places or you go somewhere that you're riding – with x amount of bud and you get pulled over and you'd be like hey look it's just supposed to be a slap on the wrist it's a ticket and they'd be like oh no you're resisting arrest you're doing this with an officer you're doing this and that yeah it's like the probability of the officer reflecting the situation as you're being the cause of the effects that he's going under said protocol yeah. to follow up on his procedures to make you look like you're guilty at the scene of the stop, you know, it just, whenever a traffic stop is usually happening, they ask for the information really and truly like your right to exercise silence begins at that moment. Like any question that they ask you that they can't already find on their databases, you by law don't have to answer it. So a lot of the time where they try to say like, Oh, well, you're withholding information, you're doing this, you're doing that, you request their badge number or request to speak to their captain. Because a lot of that, like a lot of the times, like they have something on them recording the conversation. If it's a body cam or if the dash cam from the cop is recording, because a lot of the time those capture audio as well. So they have all of that for their, for their information, but at the same time, you you should have yours as well to be safe. I was looking at dash cams while I was shopping in Walmart today. I was thinking about buying one just to have. To be completely honest, I think that everybody should have, like, like say you get pulled over by the cops and they turn on their little chest camera. I think everybody should have one in their little emergency cameras. Like, you got pulled over by the cops. We technically have one. It's called our phone, but a lot of the time they'd be like, stop recording me. And it's like, bro, like, you're in a public place. This is a stop. 
Exactly. You're you're an officer, a public servant, so you can be on a camera. So re- regardless if you don't want to be on a camera, you're at work right now. So it's showing the performance and quality of your job. So either A, be the example for the academy, or B, be the example <laughs> for the courtroom no, and what not to do at a traffic stop. The choice is yours. So I, regardless of how you feel, I'm going to leave my camera on. Yeah, it's like a lot of the time, yeah, people get snatched, pulled out of their car, they get the phone snatched from them, all type of shit. And, um, you know, I've never been brave enough to try it because, like, I've been in traffic stops before. It's like the last thing you think is like, man, let's break out the phone, start recording, <laughs> try to catch a dirty cop on the scene. It's like, man, you trying to figure out how to get out of the ticket without looking suspicious. I don't know, it's just the answer, well, why are you recording me? It's like having to, having to answer like what it means about your safety. I don't know, only certain people can, can get away with that, I feel. So it's a privilege. <clears throat> but I digress. Mind if we take a break? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Yeah, sorry about that, you guys. I was just dripping bullets. Uh, had to step out for a second to get that fresh air, but we're going to be back in here for, you know, the the following hour with some hot topics, uh, one of which Joe was uh, talking about earlier was uh, New Orleans, I think it was. Yeah, uh, we had recently went down to New Orleans to D-Max. Shout out D-Max Bar and Grill. Oh, shit. Sorry, got to dust the cobwebs off. Forgot the sound pad, but big shout out to D-Max Bar and Grill. And we got some cool information about New Orleans that I didn't know, Cleve. So, uh, New Orleans was the first city in the United States to host an opera. Today, New Orleans is well known for its jazz scene and for its beginning as the birthplace for famous musicians like Louis Armstrong, Buddy Bolin, but few people know of the 1976, the Crescent City became the first place in the United States to document an opera performance. Locals were treated to a performance of Slavin, S-Y-L-V-A-I-N, Dating back to 1770, it was the it wasn't long before the city became known as the opera capital of North America. So, did you know that opera was big in New Orleans? I never knew that shit. I never knew that either. I thought opera was a thing of like New York because of like you know Broadway, the musicals. Then they got the open stage, and yeah. you know the very the many various cultures that live and thrive in New York and make their businesses and their cultures present and prominent, you know, I thought opera would have, you know, come from either there or Chicago even. Why, I don't know, but New Orleans of all places, which it it makes sense because it's a form of music and just like the style of um, any, well, from acapella music to orchestrated music because jazz is like unsynchronized organization but opera is more formal yeah you know and it has like many different overlays many different uh, overtures and 
textures that are involved with it. Makes sense, but I never knew that either. <laughs> uh, New Orleans is home to the most hi historic district of any city in the United States. Allegedly. It's no surprise that New Orleans is a steep and fascinating history. Just look at that agriculture and culture diversity spanning centuries of growth throughout Louisiana. In fact, one of the most interesting facts about New Orleans is the city has more historic districts than any other city in the United States. 21 to be exact. Step back in time as you wonder the tree-lined cities of Carlton where you might encounter a meaningful uh, peacock. Not the streaming platform, but an actual peacock. And uh, where you can enjoy some of the best views of the Mississippi River right in New Orleans. The longest continuous bridge okay. in the world is located in New Orleans, or uh, would, would you say it's in New Orleans or outside? Um, well, it's called the Lake Pontchartrain Causeway, and it's recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records for being the longest bridge to stretch continuously over water. The causeway spans 23.86 miles over Lake Pontchartrain and has been a notable landmark ever since it was built in 1956. The bridge is so long that motorists have been known to freeze in fear in the middle where they lose sight of land on either side. Babies have been born on the bridge when their mothers couldn't make it to a hospital in time. <laughs> Go ahead and say it. When you, I remember that bridge when we were traveling somewhere, getting passed by. Oh, damn. Oh, <laughs> man. Did we? Yeah, we did cross Lake Pontchartrain on the way there. My yeah. God, that was... Uh, That woman was pissed off at Cobai. That's all I know. That woman was furious. Like, motherfucker, drive. <laughs> like, I don't know. The St. Louis Cathedral is the oldest continually operating cathedral in the U.S. On the north side of the French Quarter, Jackson Square, a white triple steep. Uh, I'm sorry. On the north side of the French Quarter, Jackson Square, a white triple steeple church gleams in the sunlight this impressive building is the st louis cathedral the oldest continually operating cathedral in the u.s dating all the way back to 1794 with the famous statue of general andrew jackson on his bronze horse in the manicured green courtyard the, the st louis cathedral is a remarkable sight the, the church still holds mass every week Every week. Every week, faithfully for, Since, for how many years? Since 1794? Boy, that's over 300 years. Man, turn up. <laughs> Turning up for the... Got, I got to learn the sound bad. I'm fucking it up. <laughs> no, nah, that was good, though, because, man, that's how they be rocking for... You know, I, I don't feel like... I don't feel comfortable saying it. Since the Catholic Church been doing what for how long? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm not going to... Uh, so, Cleve, did you know a pirate helped defend New Orleans during the War of 1812? There's uh, a story. or But continue. 
American pirate John Lafitte gained the notoriety not only for his goods and what he, him, and other people had smuggled in and out of New Orleans in the 1800s, but also for the role he played in defending the city from the British during uh, the War of 1812. Uh, What was her name? Miss Ellers? Yeah, Miss Ellers. Take you down trip to... Oh, no, that was Miss Weaver. Oh, Miss Weaver. Yeah, Miss Weaver, (laughs) man. Yeah, in 1814, (laughs) took a little trip down the Mississippi (laughs) River. I forget that. Dude, she drilled that song into every student. Well, mostly every student. You got to learn this now. You got to learn this, so you're going to get an F. Okay, uh, General uh, Andrew Jackson and his soldiers faced an invasion from the British who were trying to take control of the Mississippi River and the trade routes for the entire American South. What's his last name? Lafete? Oh, Lafitte. Lafitte. Lafete. I like Lafete. We go Lafitte. Lafitte and his pirate crew or private crew, whatever you... Pirate or private. (laughs) Fought alongside Jackson in return for pardons for illegal pirate activity and <laughs> fought vigilantly <laughs> <laughs> to defend the city. Oh, like, it's like I did all this horrible shit, but hey, there's worse horrible shit going on. Yeah, he fought proudly. But, you know, they, they stood a legal stance. They're like, you know what? You know, they got the end marking, like, you know, we go help you. You know we the you know we crime we the crime mob but we help you just as long as you say it's all cool what we done in the past. That's yeah, very smart. Yeah, that is smart though, man. They definitely bargained for the. Hey, that's war though. Like in the in the art of war, it's like you can sign off on things like that, man. It's some crimes that go, you know, some crimes get turned into laws. Other kind, other crimes get written off as treason. What is crime? Exactly. Speaking of, you know, the gambling man, poker and craps originated in New Orleans. I didn't know that either. Me neither. One of the most fun facts about New Orleans, especially for any game lovers, is that the card games, craps, and poker originated in the city. Poker's French Quarter predecessor, Poquet, I don't know if I'm saying it right. Oh, Pokoy. Yeah, Pokoy dates back to the 17th century. When French poker oh, when French poker originated in the city, poker's French predecessor. Oh. <laughs> poker's French predecessor. Oh, no, you read the same. Yeah, I read the same. Line. Line. Okay, oh. when French colonists, yeah, when French colonists brought the game to New Orleans, English-speaking settlers changed the name to poker and created the modern features of the game we would play today. Craps got its name from the French word for frog, crapod. That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. It's like the shoot the dice and the name it after a frog. Like what made them think of a frog? Like, like what's the connection to that? So... Poker and craps originated not in Las Vegas, but in New Orleans, Louisiana. I bet you could tell that to a thousand people and they wouldn't believe you. 
I bet you everybody believes that poker is originated in Las Vegas. Probably. Well, just because of the stigma behind the casinos and, uh, you know, the the way that Las Vegas is built, it um, it has, like, a lot of focus. It's co- Isn't it called CN City? Yeah. Yeah, CN City. So, of, of all the highlights of a, of what a person would call a paradise for the explorer and for the business adventurist, it has everything that a person could ever ask for, even for the homeless, because there's plenty of homeless people in Vegas, but they're getting off pretty... They're probably living better than I am, and I'm working my ass off. And they living on the street. Not the you know, say what anyone's condition is, you know, because how you choose to live your life is how you make it and whatever situation you come to, you adapt as according. Yeah. You know, there's no pass apart on anybody who chose who chooses to put themselves through things. Uh the pen uh what you what would you say, the panhandling scheme? Yeah, like the different schemes that take place out there. But uh we we definitely had some panhandling schemes, uh brought upon us where about don't remember oh yeah whenever we were out oh yeah yeah when, when the we freaks came out okay yeah, we yeah, were yeah, in yeah, new orleans yeah. oh yeah man that who's to say it didn't it didn't originate there whenever everybody got off of the boat and everybody that made they hustles to survive to make the <laughs> to make the american dream possible man it just goes with a lot of things that happen at the table i feel before, like, people had enough power to put things in play to create a change. I don't know, man. It's just, you know, some people would give everything to go back 200 years, 300 years. But that's a touchy topic because <laughs> for some folks, 200 years ago was uh, a little bit tougher than, than others. But <sighs> I digress. New Orleans has a lot of history that we can't topic <laughs> about it, but I'm going to stick to the script. If I may, you know, talk about Bourbon Street a little bit because our good friend went down there after we told him so, you know, five or more times not to without prior assessments. Bourbon Street wasn't named after the liquor. Keeping New Orleans party reputation in mind, uh, it's common to wonder if Bourbon, if Bourbon Street was named for the liquor. Unfortunately, this isn't the case, but that doesn't mean that there. I'm sorry. But it doesn't mean that there aren't some great bars and pubs in the area. Bourbon Street got its name back in 1718, when the city was founded by Frenchman Jean Baptiste Lemoyne. His engineer, Adrian de Palgour. I don't know if I'm saying it right, was the one to lay out the streets of the city in doing so named Bourbon Street after the French royal family ruling at the time the House of Bourbon. So it was named after the royal family? Yeah. And so it's perceived as it's named after liquor, but... But it was a legacy of someone's last name, like Jean Bourbon or yep. or Brett Bourbon. <laughs> <laughs>
Weber Street may not be named after the liquor, but it's a great jumping off point to discover Nola's cocktail scene. Sample the best alleviations in the city on this drinking tour. Yeah, we're drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon in Oakdale. Yeah, we're drinking PBR Miller High Life. Living the dream. Living the dream, sweating in the box. Cheers, everybody. Got the motorcycles ride by. You don't hear them loud trucks no more like it was uh, in the colder months. But yeah, I also had some things about New Orleans too that um, I had kind of wanted to topic about. It's like, I guess like different urban legends and like it was a news, well, yeah, it was a magazine that I was reading online. And I had ran across a couple of articles, but uh, one of the articles speaks of an urban legend. Cause you know, we got our urban legend followers out there, you know, shout out to all of our mythical lovers, you know. Um, this this segment is uh, the Devil Baby of Bourbon Street. This classic urban legend dates all the way back to the 1700s, where a quote-unquote demon baby was born in the shadows of New Orleans. An urban legend, this old, will always end up with multiple versions behind it, but some say it was born on Fat Tuesday. Others say that it was just an escape raccoon from a zoo. But the one thing for sure about this urban legend is it's been strong enough to remain over 200 years. Damn. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. It's like a... I wonder if anybody in New Orleans sees that. You know, it's like a... Like, you know, if it's like a baby crying or, you know, like how people hear like the different sounds and stuff, allegedly. Yeah. And uh, another article is uh, the Casket Girls. And the legend of the Casket Girls as blood-draining vampires has circulated New Orleans since at least the early 20th century. This is where a bad translation can lead to a long-time urban legend. The Fields a la Casset. Yeah, the few fillets a la cassette or woman with suitcases came from overseas to the French colonies in the early 20th century. These higher class ladies would travel with their cassette or suitcase that would often be a large trunk. When the word cassette slowly started to morph into a sounding like casket, people in the area grew worried especially since these women were often traveling especially since these women were often traveling in small groups without men it was easy for locals to start associating the tales of vampires with these women however many of these women were actually very religious working to establish New Orleans order of the Usuline sisters so it was basically like a small group of women who created a motherhood, which is kind of like a, well, I wouldn't say like a brotherhood. Fraternity? Something like that. It was basically like a fraternity or, you know, small organization, nonprofit, you know, seeks to support or discover a cause. Like, in a lot of the times, like, I have heard stories of New Orleans, like, where there were very different people who had different religious practices, you know, according to where it all come from, like, you have voodoo, I mean, you got the you got the Catholic Church, you got you know, the different practices I don't want to go through the all the course of the names and all, oh, but yeah. 
You know, it's just like you have different people that practice things, and then, you know, Freemasonry was a big thing, and it shows in the street layouts and the architecture of New Orleans in itself behind the people who funded these things without even being recognized in the, in the light of it. They, the only people that get the recognition is the people that show up when the doors open Yeah, type of recognition. You know, it's the same thing like with the people who even built these constructs to even name it a historical landmark. It's like those people don't get the credit, but the landmark itself and what it represents gets the credit. But it, um, but yeah, I love New Orleans though. Like New Orleans definitely has like a lot of, you know, history to account for. You know, just Louisiana in general, like, you know, it's the, it's the frogs for me. <laughs> Good oh, old we, frogs, uh, and can, I ain't talking poker oh, We can laugh again. <laughs> yeah, we can laugh in group. Yeah, we can laugh in unison together. Hell yeah, man. But, um, <clears throat> the last urban legend will be the curse of the crime boy known as either the curse of the crime baby or curse of the crime boy but but it goes like this sometime in the early 2000s an urban legend in baton rouge said that the serial killer was playing a recording of a crime baby from inside the house to lure women in the recording was believed to intrigue the women to help like to come help where then the killer would get them the urban legend was helped by the fact that an actual serial that an actual serial killer had been terrorizing Baton Rouge around the same time. Damn. So yeah, it had a guy playing a baby, crying. Women will come in the house, kill her or get them, hack them up, do whatever you want to them, hang them on a meat hook, and play the tape. Get the next one. And who's to say how long that's gone on for? You know that's a. Uh, Damn, you went dark there, Cleo. Yeah, I mean, it, it's you know, it, it it got some uh some bright spots, some dark spots in New Orleans, but <laughs> hey, that's what makes color. Hey, that's what makes a picture painted perfect, right? Gotta have it full of color. It's gotta have its lights. It's gotta have its dark sides too, because how can we appreciate it if we don't recognize it? That's what this platform is about. That's why I'm here, man. You know. Shout out to the dark side. <laughs> I'll fuck it with shake y'all, the man. foundation. Yeah, you got to shake it up a little bit, though. You got to rock the minds. I feel like our viewers can handle it as well, though. Oh, yeah. That's why I generally, you know, they. I've had people come up to me and say, man, I like the stuff y'all talk about because y'all just tell it. Like, y'all are real about it. And just, like, hearing that from a light of different people and just my reaction is like, well, I really didn't think. Anybody would ever get a chance, like, man, nah, you can't think like that. You know, it's like, you know, shout out Rod, but it's like, man, you can't think like that. You just got to think positive. So, yeah, there are, there is always some some positive out of the things such as, you know, bike rides, fresh air, the smell of, you know, 500 to 1,000 wings cooked down the block from D-Max Bar. Shout out Melba's. <laughs> Shout out Saint for being the champ to walk with me. I was trying to round the boys up, but one of the men was down. You know, it wasn't uh, Gator. You know, Gator was out, but Gator wasn't down. Gator was babysitting, I think. 
Well, it's always another venue, another time. See how we go next time. I feel like one day we should just go out there for a day, you know, like not related to the show purposes. Yeah. To just kind of like get a feel without, you know, the anxiety of like figuring out how the fuck we're going to get back because the next day we (laughs) had questions more than we had solutions. Circumventing, you know. Well, I think this is a good time, though, Cleve. We can uh, wrap it up if you want to. We have an artist of the week. Yeah. Would you like to read his bio? Is it Nico's bio? Yes. Okay. So Nico is a rapper and songwriter currently based out of Cincinnati, Ohio, known for his razor-sharp wordplay, versatile vocal delivery, and catchy hooks. He has spent time living in three completely different countries over the years, including the U.S., Germany, and Spain. This international exposure has helped him bring a unique and diverse vibe to his music, which is heavily influenced by 90s and 2000s hip-hop, trap, and EDM. Nico's music has gained traction in the recent years with over 50,000 monthly listeners on Spotify and growing numbers on other platforms. He has gained a loyalty following for his thought-provoking lyrics and infectious beats on his music that has been featured on several TV shows, including WWE, Australian Survivor, and Blacklist. One of Nico's most popular songs is Bounce, which was signed by no copyright sounds and accumulated over 1.2 million views on YouTube in just six months. This song showcases Nico's dynamic style and ability to craft memorable hooks that get stuck in your head. Nico is known for his tire <coughs> excuse me. Nico is known for his tireless work ethic and dedication to his craft. Spending long hours in the studio perfecting his sound and collaborating with other artists to create music that connects with his fans. With his international background and undeniable talent, Nico is poised to make a major impact on the hip hop scene in the years to come. And the song featured is Red. Yeah. Hell yeah, Nico. Man, do your motherfucking thing, man. I hope you get 500,000 listeners within, you know, the year or two. And they tell two friends. So I hope you get a million out there for you, buddy. Uh, Before we uh, listen to this great track, any words of wisdom, Cleve? Stay hydrated, never thirsty. You know, it's hot out here. People get frustrated, aggravated. People get get the looking, salivating. Sometimes you just need to step back and and have a drink. Sit down, have a drink if it's some water, if it's some juice, if you like tea. If it's after a hard day of work and you just want to knock back a beer, stay hydrated. Because when it's thirsty, it don't look good on you. That's my words of... That's my words of wisdom right there. How about you, Joe? You have anything for, for the people out there listening? I guess my words of wisdom be love hard, love fast, but love with no regrets, no matter what happens at the end. Why fast? Why love fast? What if I want to take my time with the love? <laughs> 
<laughs> Talking about my words of wisdom, not yours, Cleve. <laughs> you had your time. <laughs> uh, I love it. For Third Coast Podcast, I'm Joe. What did do, Gators? And I'm Cleve, man. What's happening? Bumble with the B and get the whole high. No jive jack. Poison the well and ain't no coming back from that. Asthma attack from that. Ain't no cap in that. I be strapped, strapped, but it don't matter. Cause I put the kill in a cookie bat. I'm like, whoa. Absolutely nothing you can do. They be off in the lab and you get in the jab and hope you pull through. My gift is the gab. I be off in the bag and hundred faces still blue. I just want to payment for I'm under payment. Nothing for my babies won't do. Now give me a piece of American pie. Cause you stole it and walk for patrolling like to me get my eye 40 acres at least what you told him and hurry up and d- 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 die soldiers them bags in the flags they just folding them tags only toes to get wrecks that don't fold i just flip up the burgers i know they just hurting them oh i see red people oh, I. out to get people oh, I. I think they're evil oh, I. let them scare people yeah. i see red people out to get people. I think they're evil. Let them scare people. Red dot scope of my desert eagle. Red dead flows my redemption lethal. Henchmen probe to inject the evil. Better wreck them slow and collect the needles. I've been on my James Bond shit. Bet they won't make the sequel. Oh yeah, I'm out radar, bitch. See you down. AK with a hundred round drums. C4 place but none of my thumb. This briefcase got a whole lot more guns. I'm erasing all of my sons. Run for us, run for us, run for us. Damn, I love watching all of y'all run. Wait, come back, let's have some more fun. Your whole pack is smashed in the crumbs. Done. I see red people. Oh, I. Out to get people. Oh, I. I think they're evil. Let them scare people. I see red people. Out to get people. I think they're evil. Let them scare people. They're full of shit and lies. Keep us in the dark and dim the lights. And free thinkers get victimized by making us pay for the Bill of Rights. Uh. But I'm seeing the facts though The fake news hurt cheap for the cash flow Look around how people are shallow Trapped in a social media black hole To pause your opinion, the thoughts of your thinking And all your conflictions They're causing civilians to fall for the system And lock them in prison The flock is the victim, they rob them and stick them It's haunting their vision They call them a villain, you gotta be kidding It's all just a gimmick and I learned my lesson. A lot of my fam served a sentence. The government wanna see working peasants. A smart mind is like a murder weapon. My brain is a threat. They can't blind me with the halo effect. I take revenge for the pain on my chest until I'm facing the angel of death. I see red people. Oh, I. Out to get people. Oh, I. I think they're evil. Oh, I. Let them scare people. Yeah. I see red people. Out to get people. Oh, I. I think they're evil. Oh, I. Let them scare people. Yeah. Oh, saying this, this one is really a that. Trying to confuse us with all of the cap. Being consumed by alternative facts. The lies are the truth, but the real truth is that. None of us matter, just look where we at. We in a recession, the plan is intact. Applying the pressure, we under attack. Until we turn on one another and snap. Yeah, that's what they want. The major objective put us in sections. Keep us divided because of complexion. I think it's time we start asking the questions. Like, what did they gain? What did we lose? They laugh at our pain and go on a cruise. The cycle the same. Just turn on the news. You really think you have the power to choose? It's called Tel Aviv. They have an agenda, the mission.
Chaos and division. I say that we make that decision. They all in our head. Get rid of it all. It's time to take over the narrative, dog. We gotta reprogram our brain over all. United, we stand and divided, we fall. I see red people. Oh, I. Out to get people. Oh, I. I think they're evil. Oh, I. Let them scare people. Yeah. I see red people. Oh, I. Out to get people. Oh, I. I think they're evil. 